This summer, we uh, have been in a series called Family Vacation, and we've been looking at various psalms. And uh, just as a way of reminder, or maybe uh, a way to catch you up, uh, the psalms give us uh, songs. They give us prayers. They inform our hearts and our minds and help us to posture ourselves and allow ourselves to be placed in this place where we are looking upon the Lord and looking into his gaze and gazing into his into who he is and as a result the Lord is bringing us through these words and through these songs and through these psalms into his glory and into his presence and that is our heart and goal is really to know the heart of God and allow the heart of God to transform our hearts and to transform our minds and to transform our lives. And today we do the same thing. We look at Psalm 67. I invite you to go ahead and turn there. And as we look there, I want to, I want to ask the question, you know, have you ever wondered what is God's purpose for my life? What is God's purpose for my life? This is a common question we often ask at transitional moments in our lives, particularly I remember for me uh, as, as a college student, uh, knowing I was called to ministry, knowing the Lord uh, had, had tasked me with some type of service within his body, within the church, I, you know, I, I asked the question a lot, what is the will of God? What is the purpose of God for my life? And and what does God want me to do? And, and, and I, I remember thinking, you know, uh, I know that the Lord wants me to serve him. I know that he has uh, shown me that and called to me that. We talked about that last week when we talked about hearing the voice of God. Can you hear the voice of God? And, and I told you about the story of how the Lord used, uh, you know, my granny's funeral and me preaching at it to really, and my, my granny just in general, to, to kind of show me that's what he wanted me to do. But the question comes, you know, how do we know what God wants you to do? What, I, what he wants us to do? What is, what is God's purpose for my life? And sometimes it's like when we're in college or, or young, uh, uh, but sometimes just in the normal transitions of life, when, when things change, when we're met with unexpected circumstances, things we didn't see coming, when we crash into these moments of life and these moments of life crash into us we may be asking you the same thing what does God want to do with me what does God want to do with this circumstance what does God want to do with this situation and how is he working this out we remind ourselves of Romans chapter 8 and uh, we understand that we are more than conquerors and we we remind ourselves of other scriptures that tell us that we, uh, that uh, God uses all things for, the, for his good and for his purpose and for his glory. And so we say, how is this good? God, what are you doing in this? What do you want to do in my life? And if you've not asked that question, you will come to a point in your life where you will. So I think it's important for us to understand that we can know God's purpose for our lives. You can know that God is calling you to something. Perhaps today you're wondering, wondering, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, you're struggling, you're anxious, you're depressed, and maybe even questioning, can God even do anything with my life? And I would tell you from the scriptures, 
The answer is an emphatic, yes, the Lord can use you. The Lord wants to use you. The Lord wants to work in your life and He wants to do something with you. The Psalms show us that God is so clearly has a plan that He is accomplishing in the world and He has a desire for us in our lives. So let's read Psalm 67. And I believe we'll answer this question and I pray that we will train our hearts to know who our God is and what He wants to do with our lives. Would you stand out of reverence for the Holy Word of God and and the psalm writer says this may God be gracious to us and bless us may he make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth your salvation among all nations let the peoples praise you God let all the peoples praise you Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I think we see three things in this passage that the Lord wants to do in our lives. And I pray that our hearts and our minds will be attuned to that in this moment and and realize what it is that he's trying to do, wants to do in your life. Number one, the Lord blesses us. Can you say amen? Amen. The Lord blesses us. If you know the blessing of the Lord in your life in any way, can you just say amen, praise God or something? Get excited today. The Lord blesses us, does he not? Amen. We know that. But this psalm tells us that. It helps us to see that. It informs our prayers. It informs our, uh, our songs to the Lord. And so the, the psalmist is singing and praying an actually very common thing from Scripture that describes who the Lord is and His dealings with people. He wants to bless us. There's a precedent in Scripture for this. Aaron gives this blessing in number six. The Lord actually tells Moses to tell Aaron this is what he should say over the people of Israel and it's Numbers chapter 6 22 through 27 and it says the Lord spoke to Moses tell Aaron and his sons this is how you are to bless the Israelites you should say to them may the Lord bless you and protect you may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you may the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. The psalmist takes the language from this precedent in the Scriptures, this promise in the Scriptures, this blessing in the Scriptures that Aaron was, uh, as the priest, was to pray over the Israelites. And friends, this psalmist gave us so so we could pray this over our own hearts and over our own lives and over the lives of those who follow Jesus, those who 
are his followers. The Lord wants you to know, and he wants to uh, bless you, and he wants you to know that he wants you to be blessed. It's a blessing that rings out from Scripture, from the covenant that God made with Israel through Abraham to bless him and his offspring. And I can tell you that in Christ, there is a blessing today for you. Christ Jesus died so you and I could be grafted into the promises of God's blessing that was directed toward the Israelites here. And now is a promise for you and I. How do I know that? Romans 11 tells us that. Paul tells us that you and I as Gentile believers are grafted into these promises made to the Israelites. And so when the Lord says, may you be blessed, he's talking about you and me. May his face shine on you. He's talking about you and me. The Lord wants you to be blessed. And he wants you to know from whom all blessings flow. That Christ Jesus, that the Lord God Almighty loves you and wants you to receive blessing. The Lord wants to bless us. Now, we receive blessing not merely to allow it to terminate on us. The goal is not for blessing to be placed on your life and my life so that we just sit fat and happy in the, in the presence of the Lord. With the Lord, there's always purpose to what he blesses his people with. There's something that you and I are in turn supposed to do with this blessing. Can I just say this? We are blessed to live where we live. We are blessed with the freedoms. And I know things are hairy in many of the arenas of our society, particularly in American society today. And there are, there are times where it feels like those blessings are slipping away. I understand that. But at the end of the day, there is no other place in the world that offers the blessings that you and I have been afforded and given because we live in this country and I'm so grateful and I know you are as well but the goal was never for that to terminate on the American people the blessings of God and I, I think that the blessings we have are because the Lord is still blessing in spite of us most of the time usually that's just how the Lord works he blesses us when we don't deserve it we've not done anything to garner his blessings he blesses me in spite of me many times. But it was never meant to terminate upon the American people just to bless the American people. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's not meant to bless just the Israelites. It's not just meant to bless you and I as followers of Christ. You and I receive the blessing from the Lord with purpose and intentionality for something you and I are supposed to do with it. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's funny, you know, that's a very southern thing. Well, how are you doing? Well, I'm just blessed to be a blessing, brother. You know what I mean? That's, that's a joke. Yeah, but we say that, don't we? You know, and then we, we also use terminology blessed in a bad way, which we shouldn't. But, and that's when we say, well, bless their heart, you know. And that's, that's not right. We probably shouldn't do that. But we understand, we understand that those are saved. But it's true. We are blessed by God so that we can bless somebody else. If you and I are receiving the blessings of the Lord for our benefit and our gain only, 
we receive them falsely. We, see, we receive them wrongly and we, we steward them poorly. You and I are meant to be blessed so we can bless others. And that's the second point. The Lord desires for you to bless others. Now you may think today, but I, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I'm not an Israelite. Does the Lord intend to bless me? And friends, I would say emphatically, yes, even if you don't yet know the Lord, he intends for you to be blessed. He blessed the Israelites. He blesses you and I as Christians so that we will share and, and, and raise as a banner and an anthem in the world for people all across the world to know that Jesus Christ blesses and has blessed us and wants to bless others. How do I know this? From Scripture. From the very beginning of the promise to Abraham, God promised to use his people to bless all nations, to bless other people. The way the Lord had the tabernacle set up and later the temple, there was a provision for Gentiles to be able to come in and be blessed by the God of Israel. It was the Gentile court. There was a, a, a way for outsiders to come in and be a part and receive even in Old Testament times. And here in this psalm, the prayer that taps into the thread of God's blessing interwoven throughout Scripture, we see the blessing was meant to be shared because we've been blessed. His salvation can be known among the earth in all nations. Psalm 67, verse 2, So that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all peoples. Verse 1, May God be gracious to us and bless us and may his, make his face shine upon us so that you can shine his face and glory and grace and love to the world. I love how this psalm in in Psalm 67 really sounds a lot like the Great Commission to me. Doesn't it sound familiar to you? Doesn't it sound like, like what Jesus gave as his marching orders before he departed into the sky to his disciples? He said, uh, authority has been given to me and you, I will be with you always to the end of the age. And wherever you go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, the goal of the church, of the disciples, was to spread the gospel news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, to people all, all across the world, to people of all nations, tribes, and tongues. What we see thirdly is the Lord, the Lord desires to be praised by all nations. The rest of, of this psalm, verses 3 through 7, repeats this beautiful refrain, let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. Jesus gave us a mandate to be followed. He also told us that we'd be his witnesses all over the world, locally, 
in globe, but he said it like this, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The heart of God, listen very carefully, what we see from Scripture, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, we see it, as I've already mentioned, in Abraham's day when God told him in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. It is the heart of God. Listen very carefully. It is the heart of God to bless the world with his message. Is the heart, the heart of God is a heart for all peoples, for all nations, for all mankind. We actually recently looked at this when we studied Revelation chapter 7 and when we got to verse 9 and it said this, After this I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And what you see is that the reason the Lord tarries, the reason the, uh, the book of Revelation has not been fulfilled yet is because we have yet to reach all peoples, all languages, and all nations. We've yet to capture fully the heart that God has. God has a heart for the peoples of the nations that all peoples, all nations, all tongues would come to worship Him around His throne. Because we have been blessed, because the Lord has blessed us not only with salvation, but with with, in, in this country with wealth compared to the rest of the world that he's blessed us to live in a time where, where you can reach people across the nation and never leave your, your, your uh, living room or you can hop on a plane and in just a matter of a few hours be anywhere in the world to share the gospel message with one of the, uh, the people groups there's about 3,000 that have no access at all to the gospel and you and I could go there today. You and I have been blessed. And we are meant to be a blessing to the world, to carry his message of salvation to the entire globe. This is why we have focused so much this year and will continue to do so but we focused by having a theme passage that we say together that reminds us of the heart of God for people to be saved. This is why we've highlighted around Easter time my circle, and we're going to re-highlight that soon, where we think about and pray for five names or more or less, but people in our lives and our circles that don't yet know the Lord. In October, on October 1st, that Sunday night, we plan to have a missions night where we look at the opportunities we have to serve locally, and we also have opportunities to serve globally. One of those is in Argentina, and by God's grace, I'll be going there in August to look at opportunities to establish partnerships to take the gospel to the nations, not just here, 
And we are here and we will do a lot here. But our mandate is to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The heart of God is for all peoples to praise him. Our youth just went on a mission trip to Kentucky and you'll be hearing soon from from folks on that trip and the impact it made on them and the calling it gave them to, to, to do that, not just there, but to come back and do it here. And my prayer and my heart and my hope is that this church in little Lafayette, Georgia, comparatively to the world, that this church would impact the world and that we would capture and catch the heart of God for our own heart. And that because of the work we've done, people in all places would praise the Lord. We have work to be done so the world can know and can praise Jesus from every tribe, nation, and tongue. My prayer is that as we begin to look at opportunities, and most of those will be local, my prayer is that you would capture the heart that God has for the lost, and you would join in and help us to first reach our Jerusalem. But as we seek to be obedient to the Lord's command that you'd help us to find ways to do that in Jerusalem, Jerusalem but Judea, Samaria and to the utter ends of the earth as well that as the Lord presents the opportunities that we have before us you and I would join hands to do what we can because we have been blessed by him and that you would follow and that I would follow, that we would give our hearts and lives to share this wonderful gospel truth with a lost and dying world who needs it so desperately. In just a moment, we uh, are going to begin and we're going to take the uh, Lord's Supper. We're going to commune with our God in His suffering and His death and his blood being spilled and what I think we often forget is that just as this visual representation of the body and the blood of Jesus that we you you and I will very vividly participate in because we will consume it we will ingest it we will participate and commune with what the Lord has done to remember his death that this thing is not merely something that you and I do ritualistically. It is something that you and I do to remind us of what Christ has done. And I pray that it would give us our marching orders to say, there are more people who Jesus was broken for. There are more people whose Jesus blood, who Jesus' blood died, bled for. And that by taking his body and his blood and participating in that, communing in that, as Scripture tells us, that we would remind ourselves there's still work to be done and you and I have been blessed so that we can be the workers.
And if we have breath in our lungs still to give, that we would go and share, that we would go and plead, and we would go and say, the Lord has blessed me, and I want to be a blessing to you. So I want to pray, and as I'm praying, I just ask our deacons who are coming to serve, if they would come and help us to uh, serve the Lord's Supper today. Um, If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we invite you to participate if you've not done that, Scripture tells us it's, it's, we just need to be very cautious. And so only receive this if you've trusted the Lord as your Savior. Well, let's pray and our deacons will come. Lord, we just pray in this moment as we take of the bread and the cup, Lord, we would be reminded of what you did for us. But Lord, what you, what you did so that more peoples could come more could be saved that we remember the blessings we've received from you and as a result would go and share and be a blessing to others so may we not take this lightly Lord may we take a moment to examine our own hearts and our own sins and our own lives and ask you for forgiveness ask you for clarity and ask you to remind us to keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, help us to have the heart that you have for all nations. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.